Welcome to Prophecy Countdown with author and pastor Kenneth Baer. Join us every week for the latest updates on what the Bible has to say about the events, the characters, and prophetic signs of the return of Jesus Christ and His coming kingdom. Make sure you not only subscribe, but like your favorite episodes and share it with your friends. Now, on with the broadcast. Hi, welcome to Prophecy Countdown. I'm Pastor Ken, and we provide two updates each week, one on Sunday and then one on Wednesday. On Sunday, our updates premiere at 1 p.m., and then on Wednesday at 11 a.m. The title of my message today is The Tribulation. And this will actually be part two of the update on the timeline, the rapture timeline that we gave last week. As the name of our podcast implies, our podcasts always have a prophecy thread. We love answering questions related to Bible prophecy. In fact, we'll answer any question that you send in to us uh, regarding the Bible or theology. I answer all these que- all those uh, emails myself. Our uh, our email is prophecycountdownpodcast at gmail.com. I'll give that to you again, prophecycountdownpodcast at gmail.com. Send, send us in an email and we will respond. That's how we get a lot of our, our updates, by the way, topics for updates. Well, today we'll be looking at the timeline that I showed you last week and picking up where we left off. And we left off basically at the rapture of the church. Now, to review, uh, to those that were, to those that are viewing this online and not just listening to the podcast, we're going to show you some pictures of the actual timeline with the events. Now, it begins, most timelines on the rapture and end times begins with a cross on the left-hand side, symbolizing not only the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ, but also the, the beginning of the church, what we call the age of the church. At some time in the future, could happen at any time, that's what the Bible clearly says, uh, Jesus comes back for his church. So just as the church had a beginning on Pentecost, it will also have a very definite ending, and that will be when Jesus comes back for his saints. The Apostle Paul tells us in 1 Thessalonians uh, that the Lord will appear in the sky. Those that are dead will rise first, and then we which are alive will be caught up together to be with them in the Lord. This is exactly what Jesus talked about uh, when he said that he was going to wait to prepare a place and that he would return. This is a, a pri- uh, This is a picture of the bridegroom coming back for his bride. Now, when the church is removed, uh, 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 tells us that uh, the church, uh, through the power of the Holy Spirit, has been hindering uh, the evil one, lawlessness, wickedness. And when the church is removed, the Antichrist is revealed. And let me read that to you. It says, now you know that what is restraining, that he may reveal in his own time. For the mystery of lawlessness is already at work. Only he who now restrains will do so until he is taken out of the way. So this brings us up to today's update, which is the tribulation. And I'm going to go through a number of events that happen in the tribulation. We're going to be taking most of this through from the book of Revelation, although, however, we are going to be taking a look at uh, primarily the book of Revelation, but also the, uh, the, the prophet Daniel. So 
the first uh, the first uh, event is the the tribulation period. This is after the Antichrist is revealed. Following the rapture, the world enters into a a seven year period. This is a period of of intense difficulties and, and trials. The period is off, often associated. Uh, with uh, some of the things that we see in Ezekiel and the prophet Daniel. Now, Jesus puts answers, uh, talks about the tribulation particularly in Matthew chapter uh, tw- chapters 24 and 25. Uh, this is what's known as the Olivet Discourse. Jesus is at the, uh, the Mount of Olives, and he's answering questions that his disciples asked him uh, about the time of the end and his, his coming which we know as his second coming. In one passage, this is what Jesus says. He says, For then there will be great tribulation, such as not been seen since the beginning of the world until this time, no, nor ever shall be. That's Matthew chapter 24, verse 11. I'm sorry, verse 21. Now this word tribulation in Greek, and I, and I hate going to the Greek because actually your Bible that you've got in English is a wonderful way to be able to learn everything you need to learn about the Lord. But the Greek word here for tribulation is philipsis, and it's found 40 times in the New Testament. It's translated here as, as tribulation. However, it's also translated as affliction, trouble, anguish, and burden. Now, Jesus uses the word great associated with it. So the word tribulation is the word that we use to describe the entire seven-year period that begins, again, with the peace treaty uh, that, the, that the Antichrist uh, is, a, is a party of uh, that's, that's signed with many. It provides peace and safety uh, to the nation of Israel. The Bible states that this peace treaty will last seven years, but halfway through... Um, it is terminated because the Antichrist desecrates the temple. And this is referenced in Jan- Daniel chapter 9, verse 27. Uh, so in this way, the tribulation of seven years is actually broken up into two, three-and-a-half-year period. This is what the Bible talks about, time, times, and half a time. Time being one year, times meaning two and a half a year, three-and-a-half years. Now, the tribulation uh, we read about in Revelation gets, gets started in chapter 6 with the opening of seven seals. This is the beginning of a series of judgments, starting with seven seals, followed by seven trumpets, and then finally seven vials, or your Bible translation might say bowls. Um, and it's not, and it's, let me tell you, it is sorrowful. It's no picnic. Um, for example, in the fourth trumpet alone, in this first seven seals, one-fourth of those dwelling on the earth perish. One-fourth of the earth, people living on the earth perish. It's, this is a terrible time. Now, occasionally, in the book of Revelation particularly, during the tribulation, we'll, we'll witness events that are going on in heaven. Not only on earth, which is the, the tribulation is happening, but we'll also see uh, events happening in heaven. One of those events that's, that I want to call to your attention is what's called the marriage feast or the supper of the Lamb. And this is recorded in chapter 19 of the book of Revelation. So the next big event is, uh, is the, the Antichrist. He was, he's revealed um, sometime after the church is removed. He is definitely a party. He's, he's, he's most likely the rider on the white horse, which we see the very first trumpet judgment. Uh, this is the Antichrist. And in order to understand the Antichrist, we have to take a look at the prophecies of, of what Daniel has to say. Because if we're familiar with the language that Daniel uses, we'll have a much better understanding of who this Antichrist is. 
you know, we know him as the beast, the prince that will come, also known as the, the Antichrist. That's a word that the Apostle John gives him in his epistles. In Daniel's writing, he's known as the little horn. Uh, and this is how the Antichrist is described in chapter 13 of the book of Revelation. I'm going to read this to you. It says, Then I saw in the sand of the sea, and I saw a beast rising up out of the sea, having seven heads and ten horns, and on his horns were ten crowns, and on his head was a blasphemous name. Now the beast that I saw was like a leopard, his feet were like that feet of a bear, his mouth was like the mouth of a lion, and the dragon, which is Satan, gave him his power, his throne, and great authority. That's Revelation chapter 13. Now if you had read that and weren't familiar with the writings of Daniel, you would be scratching your head. You know, what is he talking about? Well, this is metaphorical language, meaning it's symbols. But just because it's metaphorical language, remember, it still points to something that is very, very real and very important for us to understand. Daniel uses, for example, the same language. He talks about the, 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 the little horn with seven heads, ten hordes, and ten crowns that resembles a leopard, a bear, and a lion. So he's using exactly the same language. This, this leopard, bear, and lion were used as metaphors referring to the world empires that have the biggest impact on the nation of Israel. So in talking about the Antichrist, his rule will be as fierce as any of these previous world empires. His rules, his rule ultimately will be just as terrible, just as frightening, just as horrific as any we've ever seen. Now, the next event on the timeline that we want to call your attention to is what's called the persecution of believers. This is during the entire seven years of tribulation. You know, during the, during the tribulation, there will be believers that come to faith after the rapture. And these, these believers are going to be expected to face severe persecution. This persecution comes about by what's known as the unholy trinity, just as, uh, as God is revealed to us in the trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. In the end times, we have this unholy trinity, this alliance between Satan, the Antichrist, and what's known as the false prophet. Now, it's the false prophet that's little known, but he's the one that causes everyone to take what's known as the mark of the beast, 666. You know that, uh, Just uh, I think that's one of the folklores here uh, among non-Christians is something called 666. They don't know where it comes from. Well, it comes from, it comes from the Bible, it comes from the book. Book of Revelation. This is something, this is like a tattoo or a mark that the Bible says that all the people that dwell on the earth will have to take the mark of the beast on their forehead or on their right hand. Now, the ones that don't take the mark um, are primarily those whose names are written in the book of life. These are also known sometimes as the tribulation saints whom the scripture says are sealed by God. The tribulation saints will not and cannot take the mark. We don't have to worry about, uh, as, as a believer, taking the mark of the beast. Well, first of all, if you're here today and, uh, and the church has not been raptured, there is no mark of the beast because there is no beast. And then during the tribulation, uh, the true saints of God, those whose names are written in the book of life, uh, cannot and will not take the mark of the beast. However, most of them will be martyred as a result. The next event on the, on the 
tribulation timeline is what's called the Battle of Armageddon. And this happens at the very end of the bowl judgments. You have the seven uh, you have the seven seals, the seven trumpets, and then you have the seven bowls. And at the end of the bowls, that's actually the sixth bowl, uh, we have the Battle of Armageddon. Uh, Biblically, uh, the Battle of Armageddon is a massive conflict between the forces of good, um, and this is, is led by Jesus Christ and the armies of heaven, and the forces of evil, led by the Antichrist. Biblically, the word Armageddon only appears once in the book of Revel in the in the Revelation. It's in the 16th chapter, and it's associated with the sixth bowl judgment. Again, there's there's seven seals, seven trumpets, seven bowls. And the last uh, seal, trumpet, and bowl is all kind of an epilogue or a, kind of a transition to the next stage. Um, this is what it says in the book of Revelation in chapter 16. It says, Then the sixth angel poured out his bowl on the great river Euphrates, and the water was dried up, so that the way of the kings from the east might be prepared. If you read the chapter, the chapter continues telling us that the spirits of demons go and they deceive the kings of the earth, meaning the nations of the earth, to gather and fight against the people of God. You know, I want to go back to this river Euphrates drying up. This is something I've seen on social media. Uh, people are looking for end time signs and they say, see, the river Euphrates is drying up. Well, that might be true, but this is the, the, what the Bible talks about is at the very end of seven years. So we're, we're at least seven years away from that, that sign being fulfilled with the river Euphrates uh, drying up uh, so that the kings from the east can cross over. Um, let's go on. Verse 16 in Revelation chapter 16 says this, And they gathered them together at a place called in Hebrew Armageddon, Armageddon. So this is, this is the final battle. This is the, the, the final battle between uh, the forces of evil and, and Jesus Christ. And that is associated with the, this event, the next event, which is the second coming. Jesus returns to the earth in power and glory at the end of the tribulation. You know, the second coming is distinct from what we know as the rapture of the church. The rapture of the church, in essence, is what the Jews uh, and the early church especially look forward to, known as the resurrection. You know, when Martha and Mary were weeping because uh, Lazarus was in the tomb, uh, Jesus talked to them about the resurrection. Uh, the resurrection is basically what we know as the, as the rapture of the church. This is when those that have died as well as, well as we that are alive are caught up together. We, body and spirit, uh, we have our, our new bodies. Our new, I'm looking forward to it. I don't know about you, but I'm, I'm definitely looking forward to a, to a new body. Um, so Jesus returns, and this refer this is, Jesus references this event as well uh, back in the Olivet Discourse in Matthew 24. He says this, he says, Then the sign of the Son of Man will appear in heaven, and then all of the tribes of the earth will mourn, and they will see the Son of Man coming on the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. Uh, when Jesus comes back in his second coming, everybody will see that. Everybody will see that. We're not sure exactly how that's going to happen, but of course today with satellite TV and with, with social media and with all the opportunities to take a, a cell phone video and post it online, it's very easy to see how that can be fulfilled. However, I think God's got something more supernatural in mind. 
Um, we actually saw a preview of Jesus' second coming at the very beginning of the book of Revelation. If you're just perusing the book of Revelation, at the very beginning is, is a prologue. John talks about, uh, about the book. And, and this is what it says in verse 7 of ch- uh, the very first chapter. It says, Behold, this is John writing, He is coming with clouds, and every eye will see him, even they who pierced him, and all the tribes of the earth will mourn because of him, even so, amen. He's actually quoting the prophet Daniel. Isn't that something? The prophet Daniel, in saying this, talks about the one that is coming back, this Messiah that's coming back, will be seen by those who pierced him. And remember, when Daniel was, was writing this, uh, Roman crucifixions didn't exist. Uh, the typical way that, that uh, people were killed uh, by their enemies is their head was taken off. They were th- or run through with a spear or a sword. Uh, Roman persecution didn't come about until hundreds of years later after Daniel. Now, at the return of Jesus Christ, immediately he vanquishes the Antichrist and the enemies of God. The apostles, Paul says this, he says, who the Lord Jesus will overthrow with the breath of his mouth and destroy by the splendor of his coming. So as Jesus is returning with the armies of heaven, and that, by the way, that includes uh, all of the believers, all of those who are in the body of Christ that were raptured seven years prior. So you and I will be part of that, of that company that returns with Jesus at the end of the tribulation. Uh, all of those, by the way, would have participated in the marriage supper of the Lamb. And together we will all go with Jesus into what's known as the millennial kingdom. So that is our, our, one of our second to last events in the, in the uh, timeline, which is the millennial kingdom. You know, following the second coming, after Jesus returns and sets up shop here on earth, it's going to be for a thousand years. In many ways, you could describe it as uh, the Garden of Eden restored. This is often referred to as the millennial kingdom by scholars. The Bible teaches that Jesus' return, his second coming, is not the end. You know, people are looking at for the end of the world. Well, I can tell you uh, with biblical authority uh, that the end of the year, uh, end of the world is at least a thousand and seven years away. A thousand and seven years away. And the reason is, is because of this, this term called the millennium. The Latin word, um, the word millennium comes from the Latin word mille, which means a thousand. This is the belief that Jesus comes and reigns on earth for 1,000 years. And there's six times, six times in the, in the book of Revelation, in the same chapter, uh, that the word 1,000 years is used to reference this time period. I know there's a number of people that, that believe that that's symbolic, but let me tell you, if it's used six times and there's no reason to believe that it isn't literal, we should take it literally. It's during the millennial reign of Christ, for example, uh, that some of these Old Testament prophecies that the lion will lie down with the lamb um, will take place. Um, Jerusalem becomes the capital city of literally the world. The temple that Ezekiel saw that is just massive compared to uh, Solomon's temple or the temple of Herod. It's, it's more than 10 times that size. Uh, that temple will be erected during the millennium, and that is where Jesus Christ actually will reign as priest and king. 
Now, in their resurrected body, both the Old Testament as well as the New Testament saying, reign with Christ. Uh, and this is what it says in Matthew 25. It says, then the king will say to those on his right hand, come, you blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. You know, this was a parable that Jesus taught. But remember, all of the parables of Jesus teach mysteries of the kingdom of God. And even they're, they're using metaphorical language, they will be fulfilled in the kingdom. So the final event in the timeline, if you have that timeline in front of you, I'll show you a picture real quick if you're watching on video. It's what's known as the new heaven and the new earth. After the great white throne judgment where death and Hades are thrown into the lake of fire, uh, and new, the new Jerusalem comes down from heaven. This is in the last chapter of the book of Revelation. It's at that time that the Bible says there would no longer be any grief, no crying, no pain, or death. Uh, the curse that was put on the earth because of Adam's sin is removed. And all of those that are victorious will inherit the new heaven and the new earth. God dwells with his people and he will be their God. This is a promise that's given to us in the book of Revelation. So my friends, well, this has been like a rocket ship uh, through, what's the, through the timeline, the Bible timeline that gives us uh, our clues on what's going to happen in the end times. And again, we're going through this very, very quickly. This is a real brief commentary. And, you know, again, a lot of this is, is, has been a mystery. Uh, to the church for, for literally a couple thousand years. And we're trying to put it together and trying to see how this all fits together as we approach the coming of the day of the Lord. Remember uh, that, speaking of that, no one knows the day or the hour. But did you know the Bible tells us very clearly that the Lord expects us to be looking for his return? The Bible tells us that we are to be waiting for his return. We are to be a bride that is prepared for the coming of the bridegroom. We're closer now than we've ever been to the Lord's return. In addition, remember that the people of Israel, not only in the land, but they also have Jerusalem as their capital since 1967. My friends, the time is drawing near. Jesus is coming. Let's pray. So Father, we want to thank you, Lord, for this opportunity to be able to share on video as well as audio. We pray, Lord, for the peace of, of uh, Jerusalem. We know that uh, this war continues between Israel and Hamas. Again, we pray, Lord, that your will would be done in all things, and we give you the praise in Jesus' name. Nearly every day, it's common to see, read, or hear something about the end of the world, the apocalypse, or end times. Author and pastor Kenneth Baer's The Apocalypse and Coming Kingdom zooms in and breaks down biblical prophecy as it relates to Jesus' imminent return and the coming seven-year period, including the Great Tribulation. Available in both paperback and Kindle versions. Get your copy on Amazon or at Barnes & Noble and select Christian bookstores. The title again is The Apocalypse and Coming Kingdom. You can also find it listed by author Kenneth Baer. Get your copy today.